Welcome to Inside the Vatican with America Media. As we mentioned in Wednesday's episode, Inside the Vatican will now be publishing new episodes twice a week when possible for the duration of the coronavirus pandemic. So first up in today's update, I'll let you know about four new cases of the coronavirus in Vatican City. And for the second part of the show, we checked in with Jerry right after Pope Francis gave a special blessing to the city of Rome and the world on Friday evening. I'm Colleen Deli. This is Inside the Vatican. Let's start with those coronavirus cases in the Vatican. We told you a few weeks ago about the first known case in Vatican City, which was of a man who passed through a Vatican medical center on a routine visit related to work. We now know a little more about that case. The man was a priest from Bergamo, which was one of the hardest hit cities in northern Italy, and he had been at the Vatican for a conference. We don't have any updates on how he's doing, but we do know that the Vatican medical center where the man was was sanitized. French media reported on a second case in which one French bishop who had met with the Pope and Vatican leaders as part of the French bishop's ad limina visits had tested positive after returning home. The bishops from that meeting, who had spent a lot of time in close proximity to the infected bishop, all went into self-isolation when they returned home. But the Pope and Vatican leaders who met the bishops did not. Those Vatican leaders and the Pope had maintained their six feet of distance and sanitized their hands before and after any handshakes with the bishops. This week, Vatican sources also revealed that four more people had tested positive for the virus in Vatican City. Two of them worked for the Vatican Museums, and one worked in the Vatican's goods sector. The fourth was a priest who works and lives in the Santa Marta guest house where Pope Francis lives. That priest's name is Monsignor Gianluca Pizzoli, and he heads the Italian section of the Vatican's Secretariat of State. He has now been hospitalized with the virus, and everyone in the Santa Marta guesthouse has been tested, which presumably includes Pope Francis, although the Vatican has not confirmed that. This case naturally raised concern for Pope Francis' health, especially since Pope Francis had surgery on his lung as a young man. Jerry's sources said that Monsignor Pizzoli had not been in contact with the Pope, and that while Francis usually takes his meals with the other residents in the dining room, he has eaten alone ever since he came down with a cold a few weeks ago. For more on this story, I'll link to Jerry's article in the show notes. You can also find America's full coronavirus coverage, which includes news and also spiritual resources and reflections, at americamagazine.org slash coronavirus. Dio onipotente misericordioso, guarda la nostra dolorosa condizione. Conforta i tuoi figli e apri i nostri cuori alla speranza. On Friday, March 27th at 6 p.m. Rome time, Pope Francis delivered a powerful address and led a special prayer for the entire world standing by himself in an empty St. Peter's Square um, and then blessing that empty square. Um, Jerry was following along from his apartment in Rome. I was following along from New York and I spoke to him just after the broadcast ended. Okay, Jerry, uh, good afternoon from New York. We just watched a really extraordinary broadcast from the Vatican. Um, You were following along as well in in Rome, right? Good evening from uh, wet and cloudy, bleak Rome. It was an extraordinary evening. It was. And, you know, part of it was that the, the rain really, really lent a lot to the mood. But before we get into that, let's talk about, can you outline what the scene looked like um, in St. Peter's tonight? 
Well, as you, as you says, many people will have seen on the television. I mean, the Pope walked up the steps to the platform under which he he sat, and then there was only the Master of Ceremonies with him. Mm-hmm. This was the amazing thing, that it was devoid of people. Uh, there was a certain bleakness to it, and the Pope looked so concentrated. Mm-hmm. You could see that, he, that this prayer meant a lot to him. He's a man of great faith, great prayer, and uh, he really does believe in the power of prayer to change things. Yeah, it was so striking at the very beginning to see him walk up, you know, this long ramp up to this solitary stage. There's no one around except the Master of Ceremonies who's kind of helping him not slip on the the wet stones. Um, it sounded like he sort of had, had choked up a bit with tears at the beginning. Did you hear that too? I think it may have been also the effort of walking up because those steps were slippery and he he, he walked up for a long way without any help. Oh, that's true. I think also it was for him a moment of deep emotion. Yeah, and then, you know, building on that emotion, um, it it starts to rain uh, and then there's this reading read um, that we've talked about on the show recently in connection with Francis's response to the coronavirus. It seems to be um, a, a passage that he gets a lot out of right now, which is the calming of the storm at sea. And then he gave this this talk based on that. Um, do you want to sum up for us what he said? I know it's it's a hard speech to sum up. No, it was a reflection on the gospel text. And uh, the choice of the text was his, and it was very appropriate to the present moment because people realize that we're all in the one boat, that we're in a stormy sea, and uh, they wonder, you know, who is who's going to save them from it. Mm-hmm. And uh, you, we've seen this in Italy. We see it tonight with an enormous number of deaths, very high number of deaths tonight. And uh, you see it in the States. We're seeing it across the world as... Somebody said there's perhaps 40% of people now in the world under lockdown. Right. And uh, Francis' message was very simple. He said, we've gone our own way. We've lived on the fast track. We've sought to get profit, make money, make careers, etc., etc. Suddenly we're hit by this unexpected storm. Right. Basically, he's saying that... Uh, we're now looking for someone to d- dig us out of this. Mm-hmm. And he said, uh, th- this is the situation that's in the gospel story. And they call out to Jesus. He said, and Jesus then rebukes them, saying, why are you afraid? Why don't you have faith? Mm-hmm. And uh, the Pope says, well, it's not that they didn't have faith, that they trusted Jesus, but they felt he didn't care for them. And it struck me that in making this point, the Pope is touching on something that many people are feeling today. They're saying, you know, where is God? Right. Here's a pandemic that's spreading across the world. Well, where is God? I, I heard the same thing in the 50th anniversary of Auschwitz, and the chief rabbi of London said, this was our cry, where is God? And uh, so the, the Pope says, well, he, he loves this world more than we do. And uh, he says, uh, we, we have to understand that we have to open. And, and so I, I thought this was a very strong thing, uh, question about, you know, 
the question of faith. And uh, Francis said, this is a time for choosing. This is a time for judgment. And he said, it's, it's not God's judgment. It's our judgment at this moment. What do we think are the important things in life? Right. I also thought it was important that he, you know, places emphasis like he often does on the work of the Holy Spirit, right? He, he called it the end for people to be open to like the creative work of the Spirit and coming up with solutions for this, but also in facing their life at home, their life under quarantine that so many people are facing. But how is, how is the Spirit leading people to be creative? He, he's saying, you know, this is a central moment in our lives. It's where we stop and take stock of where we are, where we're going, and see how we can live differently. And he, he says, it's time to convert. And then he says, you, you, you've, you've many people who've been inspired by the Spirit, and they're examples for you on how to move ahead. I, I thought this was quite significant. He, he brought in a whole lot from the first responders, the doctors, the nurses, mm -hmm. the people in the supermarkets, the police force. He, he, he cited a whole lot. And then the, the fathers and families, the people having to deal with children at home at this difficult time. You could see, in a way, many of the points he brought out, he had raised at mass over these past two weeks. Right. This was kind of, um, seemed like a combination of all of them. Yeah. But the striking thing was that he felt the need to speak there in front of an empty square. I mean, he had a global audience of millions and millions. We don't quite know how big it was. It was very big. Uh, but he was speaking in front of an empty square, which was kind of an image of what it's like in so many parts of the world today. Mm -hmm. you know, Piccadilly Square in London, Times Square in New York, all around, right. squares are empty. People are not there. And uh, he, he was capturing a situation. And then he was by himself. He'd only this assistant. And it's how many people are by themselves. Right. And I think if he had a whole group around him of acolytes and uh, master sermons, everything, it would have been different. Yeah. But he was there uh, in a way alone, almost like Moses pleading before God for the, the people in the slavery of Egypt. And uh, uh, this is how I see the Pope tonight. Yeah, I mean, I just, I don't think that I'll ever get this image out of my head of him, you know, holding up the mantras at the end, blessing, blessing the city and the world, but to an empty St. Peter's, which, I mean, you know well, it's just unheard of. It never looks like that, you know. But here he was. No, I, I think also, you know, this blessing to the city and the world, Urbi et Orbi, it's been given on three occasions normally. Mm -hmm. At Christmas, at Easter, and when the new Pope is elected, he gives one on his election. Right. But I've asked historians, and nobody seems to know another occasion such as we've had tonight. I think it's unique in the history of the Church. Wow. And then he, it's, it's a very powerful thing because he's blessing not just the Christians. Not the, he's blessing the world, the, the inhabitants of the world. 
and asking God to bless them. And as he said in his homily, God loves this world more than we do. Right. All right, Jerry, I think that that is about all the time we have for this short update. Um, if our readers want to find your reporting on this story, as well as the full text of the Pope's speech, they can find those at americamagazine.org. And as always, I would link to those in the show notes. I will also link to the um, video of the stream because it's really something extraordinary. Highly recommend watching it. One last thing before we go, if you want to keep up to date with Inside the Vatican, you can follow us on Twitter. We have a new Twitter handle for the show. It's I-N-S-D-E, that's inside without the second I, I-N-S-D-E Vatican Pod on Twitter. Um, I'm also going to link to that in the show notes. On that Twitter, you can find our latest episodes along with recent updates from Jerry and from me. Uh, So head over to Twitter and give us a follow. Thanks. Inside the Vatican is a production of America Media. This episode was produced by Sebastian Gomes. Inside the Vatican is mixed by Noah Levinson. You can find in-depth and up-to-date Vatican coverage at americamagazine.org. And you can follow us on Twitter at I-N-S-D-E Vatican Pod. That's inside without the second I. You can also find the link to that Twitter in our show notes. For America Media with Gerard O'Connell, I'm your host and producer, Colleen Deli. We'll see you next week.